48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines. Fourth person dies from the Wuhan respiratory virus on the mainland as Australia reports a suspected case. The acting chief executive, Matthew Cheung, defends the decision not to make express rail passengers fill out health declaration forms and a group of people who were attacked by a group of men wearing white T-shirts at Yunlong NTR station on July the 21st decide to sue the police commissioner. An 89-year-old man has become the fourth person to die from the new respiratory virus. He died on Sunday after experiencing breathing difficulties in Wuhan, the source of the outbreak that's infected more than 200 people. Men and health authorities have now confirmed the virus can spread between humans. The head of the University of Hong Kong's Centre for Infection, Dr Ho-Pak Leung, says it's time for Hong Kong people to boost their level of hygiene by more frequent hand-washing and wearing masks in crowded places. The number of cases has increased markedly in the past two days. So this could signify uh, the virus has changed and developed the ability to spread more readily from uh, human to human. So if this virus has the ability to uh, spread readily from one person to, to another, we may be seeing a massive increase in the number of uh, pneumonia cases. So I think it is important we keep a close eye on the situation in the mainland. It is also time for people in Hong Kong to take the matter seriously. The World Health Organization will convene its emergency committee tomorrow to discuss whether the outbreak constitutes an international public health emergency. Dr Ho says the government's prevention measures are too slow given how fast the situation has developed over the past few days. He says what's most lacking is promotional material informing the public on what to do. Dr Ho says the government shouldn't wait until it has its first confirmed case but should set up fever clinics at public hospitals to prevent any spread in the community. Hong Kong has the experience of running fever clinics uh, at least on two occasions in the past. The purpose of the fever clinic uh, is firstly to divert the heavy uh, workload in the accident and emergency department and secondly also to conduct uh, tests on a rapid uh, basis for patients who present with fever and respiratory uh, symptoms. Meanwhile, other scientists at the University of Hong Kong estimate that the new virus has already spread to 20 cities on the mainland. A team led by Professor Gabriel Leung, Dean of the University's Faculty of Medicine, took into consideration air, rail and road traffic connecting Wuhan to other mainland cities and calculated that there are probably 17 cases in Beijing, 15 each in Shanghai and Chongqing, 14 in Guangzhou and 10 in Shenzhen. They estimated that there are also cases in the single digits in other cities like Chengdu, Xi'an, Hangzhou and Guiyang. Professor Leung said the outbreak was developing rapidly. A very strong sense of deja vu, except the time scale has been compressed. Whereas you saw an unrecognized epidemic brewing for months since the end of 2002, up until, say, the peak of it, March, April, in Hong Kong, here you're talking about the same number, but the unit is weeks. And Australia has isolated a man at his home in Brisbane while he recovered from a respiratory illness after visiting Wuhan. He's awaiting testing to see whether he's the country's first case of the coronavirus. There have already been confirmed cases in Thailand, Japan and South Korea. 
The acting chief executive, Matthew Chung, has defended the decision not to make express rail passengers fill out health declaration forms when they arrive from the mainland. The government has made the forms mandatory at the airport from people flying in from Wuhan. Mr Chung said asking rail passengers to fill out the forms would cause crowding at the station and could increase the risk of the virus spreading. He said temperature checks at the West Kowloon terminus were effective and its authorities would remain vigilant. Mr Chung also criticised Moody's downgrading of Hong Kong, saying it's unfair for the ratings agency to focus only on political and governance aspects. Moody's blamed a lack of government response to months of protests and Beijing's increased influence over the city's institutions for its downgrading. Speaking before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mr Cheung said the criticism was inappropriate and the agency had neglected Hong Kong's advantages. When it comes to doing business, Hong Kong's business environment makes it one of the most attractive places for businesses. Our free economy, these are all our advantages, and the agency shouldn't just focus on politics. We've upheld the one country, two systems principle despite the seven months of unrest. When it comes to governance, we also rolled out a lot of livelihood initiatives, such as the 10 relief measures announced last week. These all show that we do have the will to govern. The acting CE also defended the decision by several government officials to walk out of recent district council meetings. He pointed out that the police commissioner had left a district council meeting early after he faced personal attacks and offensive remarks from councillors. Mr Cheung also said a district officer decided to walk out after one council decided to set up a security and constitutional affairs committee, which he said was beyond the legal authority of the council. Mr Cheung said he hoped the public could understand that it may be problematic for government representatives to attend meetings and provide support when the topic has no legal basis. A group of people who were attacked by men wearing white T-shirts at Yunlong MTR station on July the 21st have decided to sue the police commissioner. They allege police officers failed in their duty to protect the public. Democratic Party lawmaker Lam Chuk Ting, who was one of the victims, said it had taken six months to collect witness statements and uncover new video of the events of that day. He said they have no confidence in the police force and had no choice but to seek justice. Our court case is not just for our compensation. We are looking for a justice for the victims and for Hong Kong. We believe that it is a turning point of Hong Kong history. The police force deliberately allowed the gangsters using weapons to attack civilians in Yunnan indiscriminately. Privacy Commissioner Stephen Wong says personal data is being used as a weapon by the public against those with opposing views. Privacy Watchdog received more than 9,100 complaints last year amid the anti-government protests, nearly four times more than the year before. On Boxing Day, when a policeman live-streamed a reporter's ID card, it resulted in more complaints than the full-year figures for each of the previous four years. Mr Wong also said of the 4,700 complaints and inquiries about doxing or releasing personal information online, more than a third were to do with police and their families. The League of Social Democrats has accused the authorities of political persecution after the government closed the Lunar New Year flower stall at Victoria Park. Pro-Democracy Party had planned to display political items as well as flowers. Following a meeting with the food and environmental hygiene with food and environmental hygiene officials, the LSD's chairman Avery Ung said the government had said they had breached their contract, but Mr Ung said he didn't get the chance to explain or find ways to cooperate. He said the government's explanation was absurd. They find that our booth 
will lessen the public's degree of enjoyment when going to the flower market, and based on the matter or the principle of public interest, that they ended this contract. And I think this is just absurd.、Uh, the department is、uh, limiting people's choice, and or actually limiting people's activities in、uh, enjoying the、uh, New Year's. Court in Canada is hearing the extradition case of the Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou, who's facing charges in the United States of fraud and violating American sanctions on Iran. Here's the BBC's Zoe Thomas. Lawyers for Ms. Meng are saying that the crimes that she's accused of in the U.S. are not crimes here in Canada, and therefore she should not be extradited because it doesn't live up to the principle of double criminality. But Canadian lawyers, they're saying, look, fraud is fraud is fraud. She's accused of lying to banks, and she should have to face charges for that. Whether or not she's convicted is up to a court in the U.S. Now, the judge today has really pushed Miss Mung's lawyers on that principle. They've said, "Look, if it was a Canadian bank and you had lied to them or misled them, wouldn't that be fraud?" Miss Mung's lawyers saying, "No, she didn't really lie to banks. This is really about the U.S.'s relationship with Iran." The U.S. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell has laid out plans for a quick impeachment trial for President Trump. Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer described the proposals as a cover-up. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. The Republican leadership is proposing that Democratic prosecutors from the House of Representatives and the president's lawyers will each get 24 hours to present their arguments. The resolution setting the timetable is likely to face a vote on Tuesday. If passed, four days will be set aside for this opening stage of the trial. There's also the possibility that Mr. Trump's lawyers could move early in the proceedings to ask senators to dismiss all charges against the president. Democrats say. A fair trial hinges on whether witnesses and new evidence will be allowed, but there's still no guarantee that Senate Republicans, who are in the majority, will agree. German man who persuaded women and girls to electrocute themselves in fake scientific experiments has been sentenced to 11 years in prison. The 30-year-old, who's been named only as David G, was found guilty of 13 cases of attempted murder. The BBC's Jenny Hill reports from Berlin. The IT worker from Würzburg posed as a doctor to meet young women online. He offered them money to take part in a fake scientific study into pain therapy. He would then contact his victims on Skype and watch and record as they used homemade devices connected to mains electricity to shock themselves. Prosecutors who say his youngest victim was 13 years old believed he derived sexual gratification from his crimes. Scientists say a newly discovered part of our immune system could be harnessed to treat cancer. Writing in Nature Immunology, the Cardiff University researchers say it may be possible to use a T cell inside someone's blood to attack a range of cancers. They say more research is needed, but it raises the possibility of a one-size-fits-all cancer treatment. Finance and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,133. That's 662 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. Currencies: U.S. dollar is trading at 109.95 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and ten cents, and the pound is worth ten hundred dollars and eleven cents. Sport now, and here's Asim Chung.
We start with an update on the Australian Open tennis. Maria Sharapova has extended her run of Grand Slam first-round exits with a 6-3, 6-4 defeat to Donna Vekic. The former world number one was given a wild card for the main draw in Melbourne after her year-end ranking slipped to 136. Last year, Sharapova lost her first match at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Meanwhile, the men's defending champion Novak Djokovic says he's grateful to be still playing at a high level. The seven-time Australian Open champion was speaking after yesterday's win over the German Jan Lennart Struff. That was the 900th career win for Djokovic. I'm obviously very, very proud of all the achievements, but at the same time, you know, try to remind myself how grateful I have to be. You know, uh, still playing on a very high level. The sport that I truly love. You know, I was a four-year-old and uh, grabbed the tennis racket for the first time. Here we are, you know, 20 years, 25 years later, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't take things for granted. You know, I'm just uh, trying to enjoy every moment. Next to football, the Hong Kong Premier League champions Taipo are in Malaysia, getting ready to face Keda FA in a qualifying match for the Asian Champions League. The new territory side are finding it hard to keep up with the wealthier clubs in domestic competition. Taipo are sixth in the Hong Kong table after losing seven consecutive league games. Our football commentator Chris K.L. Lau says a lack of stability at the club has led to poor performances on the pitch. As soon as Taipo won the league title last season, all the richer clubs pounced and took away the core of their team. Star player Igor Satori left to RNF. Eastern took midfielder Wong Wai and recently Sandro the striker. For Taipo to improve, they need stability and a good result in the Champions League qualifier against Keda in Malaysia tonight could be a great confidence booster for them. In the NBA, the Boston Celtics scored a big win over the Western Conference leading LA Lakers. The Celtics outscored the visitors in every quarter en route to a 139-107 victory. Jason Tatum had a game-high 27 points while the Celtics shot a sparkling 55% from the field as a team. Elsewhere, the league-leading Milwaukee Bucks had no trouble against the Chicago Bulls winning 111-98. Yanis Antetokounmpo had a triple-double for the Bucks with 28 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 assists. And the Toronto Raptors got a big fourth quarter from Norm Powell in Atlanta. Powell dropped 27 points off the bench, including 17 in the final period. The Raptors came through 122 to 117 for their fourth straight win. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, top stories once again. Fourth person dies from the Wuhan respiratory virus on the mainland, as Australia reports a suspected case. The acting chief executive, Matthew Cheung, defends the decision not to make express rail passengers fill out health declaration forms. And a group of people who were attacked by a gang of men wearing white T-shirts at Yulong MTR station on July the 21st decide to sue the police commissioner. And that's news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 21st of January is today's date. Many thanks uh, once again to Mr. Phil Whelan for the morning brew. Once again, uh, we've got a jam-packed show for you. In about uh, 10 minutes or so, we'll be turning to our very first guest uh, of today. We'll be speaking with Regina Larco. Now, those of you who know Regina know that she is uh, the founder of a popular podcast series, Hashtag Impact. And Regina will be joining us to talk about a brand new online course and podcasting mentorship program that she is launching today. So we'll be hearing more about that. Uh, this is definitely one for audio and podcast lovers and uh, or maybe you know somebody who is that and, and you want to uh, tell them about this. So stay tuned. Uh, Regina will be in the studio just uh, in about 10 minutes or so. And after the two o'clock news, we'll be chatting live with Andrew Dembina, our food and drinks reporter, as he goes around town letting us know what is the latest food trends of the year 2020. 20. And we definitely want to hear from you as well. So if you'd like to uh, shoot us an email, our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. 123show at rthk.hk. You can also drop us a message on the Facebook page. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the email address. 